Everybody ought to take about 30 seconds right now on a Tuesday night and declare in this place, I have no reason to fear. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise tonight. All right, all right. Y'all, y'all, y'all know what I really want to do for my birthday tonight? Have throw down church. <laughs> y'all ready to have some throw down church tonight? We might as well take 60 seconds and shout if we're going to do it tonight. Y'all ready? One, two, one, two, three, go! Brother Patrick, you ready after the one, two, three, go! supposed to act like this on a Tuesday night. Y'all settle down. We're not supposed to act like this in the middle of the week. You're supposed to be tired from work today. You're supposed to be a little bit discouraged from the fight. Hey! Somebody give him a shout of praise. Anybody got the devil under their feet tonight? All right, I, I, I'm gonna try to be expeditious tonight, and uh, I'm aware of what time it is. Listen, if we have to, I'll just I'll split what I'm gonna preach tonight into two parts, and uh, I'll preach until I feel to take an exit, or y'all shout me down tonight. One of the two. <laughs> Amen. Grab your Bibles tonight. Go to the book of Matthew chapter 17. Again, thank you so much to everybody for the beautiful expressions of love tonight. And, and um, I thank God for being able to celebrate the sixth anniversary of my 39th birthday this week. <laughs> and um, I don't feel no waste time. Come too far. Nobody told me. 
that the road would be easy and I don't believe he brought me this far said I don't believe he brought me this far no no I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me Woo. how many of you thank God for what he's doing in this house Amen. It is, it's so good to have my niece Marissa with us tonight. My beautiful niece all the way from North Dakota. And what a, I don't, I don't know if she came down for my birthday, but what an awesome birthday present to have her here this week. Amen. Love her and, and uh, so good to have again Sister Collins and Sister Sierra with us tonight. Amen. I thought about having Sister Collins come testify. Maybe Sunday we'll get we'll give her to. I don't know if I hold give her the mic. I might not get it back. I don't know what's going to happen. But so good uh, to have them with us tonight, and um, all the rest of you tonight. So good to have Cassandra back in the house of the Lord. Where are you at, Cassandra? I saw you right before church. There she is, right over here. She was with us for the first time on Sunday, and uh, she said, I feel like God just directed me right here. Somebody shout, welcome home. And um, we thank God for what he's doing. Uh, last week on Thursday, Robert was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sunday morning, several people were filled with the Holy Ghost and the altars here. Sunday morning, Sister Gabby received the Holy Ghost in Sunday school. Sunday morning, Lewis was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sunday morning, Ansela was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sunday morning, Benjamin was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you thank God for what he did in this place on Sunday night? I'm telling you, if you weren't here, you missed out. Such a powerful touch of God. And uh, we, we were not able to dismiss the service as the lingering power of God's presence was in this place. And uh, then the office told me uh, that Sunday morning, just 45 days into the new year, we set a brand new attendance record for 2022 in the building. Amen. Uh, not an all-time attendance record yet. But we set a brand new record for 2022. Amen. God's doing big things. And uh, a little update on the all-in pledges. Our total pledges so far for 2022 have gone all the way up to $157,000. I think we ought to give God a praise for that tonight. And we already have 14,000 of that that has come in already. 
I think we ought to give God a great big praise tonight. Amen. And if you haven't had a chance to turn in your all-in pledge, amen, don't let nothing stop you tonight. Make sure to grab a pledge card on your way out. Yeah, but we're excited about what the Lord's doing. Now, I hope y'all came ready to have church tonight. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 is where I want to begin reading tonight. It says, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Some of y'all parents have prayed that before. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so for a few moments tonight, I'll preach as long as we can. Finish next week if I have to. I want to preach from this simple thought tonight. How to have church and not make a difference. How to have church and not make a difference a difference. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands and give God a great praise in this place tonight. Amen. You can be seated. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus takes the floor at the synagogue and he declares his mission. His mission statement, if you will, is The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord." And so Jesus sets out to accomplish what he is called to do. He calls 12 men into ministry with him. 
and upon their commissioning and deployment into ministry, they become eyewitnesses of the miraculous. As they travel with Jesus ministering and, and being discipled, they are eyewitnesses to Jesus turning the water into wine. They are eyewitnesses and watch the healing of the royal officer's son. They are eyewitnesses to the healing of a man possessed by a demon in Capernaum. They watch as Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law, a prayer request he may have never asked for. <laughs> Just kidding. They watch as Jesus heals the sick during the evening. They are eyewitnesses as there is a catching of a large number of fish. They see the healing of a leper. They get to watch as he heals a centurion's servant. They are eyewitnesses as Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Then they watch as he heals a withered hand. They are eyewitnesses of Jesus raising a widow's son from the grave. They are there when he speaks and calms the stormy sea with just a word. They are present when he brings healing to the demon-possessed man from Gadara. They are there watching as he heals a woman with an issue of blood. They are there to watch as Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. They are there watching as Jesus heals two blind men. Then they are also there to witness as he heals a mute man that is possessed by a demon. They are present when Jesus heals a man who was crippled for 38 years. They are there in their hands uh, a part of the miracle when Jesus feeds 5,000 men uh, and their families uh, with just two fish and five loaves of bread. They are there to witness uh, as Jesus walks on the water. They are eyewitnesses to uh, the healing of many uh, in Gennesaret. They are there to be eyewitnesses as he heals a demon-possessed girl. They watch as he heals a deaf man that has a speech impediment. And then another feeding of the multitude as Jesus feeds 4,000 men and their families. They are witnesses to Jesus healing a, a blind man in Beth, Beth, Bethsaida. And then they are witnesses as Jesus heals a man that is born blind. These men up front and up close over and over again taking notes and learning in ministry what it means to be used of God as they walk closely with the master watching him over and over again performing miracles. And all of the sudden, one day, uh, a man comes along with his son uh, 
And the Bible says that his son is a lunatic and has a demon of suicide. This man somewhere has heard about all of the miracles being done by Jesus. He has heard the reputation of this man Jesus and he decides that if his son is going to find deliverance, then he must get to Jesus. And so in pursuit of deliverance for his son, I, I can see him asking where he might find Jesus. And finally, the Bible doesn't give us details, but he comes to some point in his search where maybe somebody says, I don't know where Jesus is at right now, but if you look over there, there are his disciples. And if you talk to them, surely they should be able uh, to help you. Uh, and so he brings his son to them. Uh, and they are not with Jesus. They are by themselves. Uh, and he begins to explain to them the plight uh, of his son. Uh, and so I can just see them as they reflect uh, on everything that they have been witnesses to. Uh, and they try to remember what they have seen Jesus do. Uh, and so they say, all right, bring him over here. Uh, we, we, we've seen this done many times. Uh, uh, we, we can help him. Uh, and so I can just see them gathering around. Uh, come and help me, bro Brother Nick and, and uh, uh, Brother Kendrick. Come help me really quick. And they come gather around and... Uh, uh, Brother Kobe, come help me really quick. Run up here. Uh, and uh, oh, wait, stop right there. Brother Trevor, you come help me. And this is, this is your lunatic son tonight, okay? And uh, you got to act like a lunatic. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. You have to be creative. He just smiled. He just went. And so... The father, I don't know what it looked like, but the father has his son, and, uh, and he's bringing his son to the, the disciples, and, and the disciples say, uh, we, this is none. We've, we've seen Jesus do this before. We can, we can handle this. Uh, it's light work. It's, it's, and so, so they say, okay, uh, he has a, he has a, a okay, I understand. And, and so, yeah, we've seen Jesus do this before, and uh, okay, here we go. We're going to do this. I, I'll tell you what they did not do. They did not go. <sighs> Some of y'all get that in about five minutes. They did not get their jacket and <sighs> knock him over. But I can see them as they begin to pray and they say, okay, now, now let's remember, okay, we've, we've seen, uh, now, now how, did, how did he do uh, the demon-possessed people before? Do you remember exactly what Jesus did? Oh, one of them said, I think I know what he did. I, I think he laid his hand on him and, and, uh, and he started to pray. Now you got to put the claw on him, baby. You got to put the claw on him. I mean, you got to put the. <laughs> He's so anointed, he just needs one finger. He just prays for people like that. And he, he begins to pray. And he says, Spirit, come out of him. Okay. And nothing happens. So he said, try, try, try it again. Try, we'll try it again. So he said, okay. This time, yeah, this time he puts a little more theatrics in it. Spirit, come out of him. And nothing happens. So finally, I guess 
one of his buddies says, hey, I think you need to shake him a little bit. You know how they do? You, you, if you shake him, it'll shake the devil out of him. So, you know, he tries it again. And he said, okay, spirit, come out of him. And nothing happens. So finally, this one says, no, 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 I, I, I saw another technique one time that that thing will work. He said, what we got to do is we got to get next to him and you've got to shout in his ear. And I'm going to grab him by his shoulders and jump up and down with him. Okay? And we're going to do it at the same time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab him by the arm and we're going to jump up and down and holler in his ear. You ready? And we're going to say, in Jesus' name. All right, you ready? All right. Mark, say, Go. Now, y'all got to make sure you get the right transliteration to catch all these details when you read this story. And when they finished, nothing happened. And I can imagine they got a little desperate. And here's, here's the father over here. And he's, he's saying, what in the world is going on with my son? And they say, yeah, just, just hold on. We, we, we got this. And so finally I can imagine they're just trying everything at the end. And they, they got the claw on him and they're shaking hands and <laughs> doing the cross. And come out of him. You devil, get out of him. And I don't know how long, the Bible doesn't tell us, I don't know how long this went on for. But at some point, they finally came to the determination. We can't help your son. I'm sorry. We did everything we can. And there's nothing we can do. And so the father leaves with the testimony that I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't do anything about it. Now, here's what happens. You got to read between the lines with me. They get in a little powwow after he leaves. They make sure he's gone. They say, well, you know what the problem is? He, he really didn't want deliverance. He, he really didn't want it. You know, if he really wanted it, he would have had his deliverance. So, you know, they started to justify why nothing happened. Yeah, Y'all picking up what I'm putting down tonight. They didn't really want deliverance. They, it was just putting on a show. They were just trying to get, he's just trying to get attention is what's trying to happen. And so they convinced themselves that he didn't really want deliverance. And so, so I don't know how, how long, but somewhere this, this was a good father. And, 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 and the father made up in his mind. He said, I, I can't leave my son like this. And, and I'm not sure what just happened, but I've got to find Jesus. And so he keeps on pressing and he, and he keeps on going and until so finally uh, he finds Jesus. Uh, and when he finally gets to Jesus uh, and Jesus says, uh, uh, well, what can I do for you? And he tells him about his son. Uh, and, and here's his testimony. Uh, he says, I brought him uh, to your disciples. And they couldn't do anything. What a poor testimony. I wonder how many people have walked into apostolic church services before. Needing deliverance. Needing a touch. Uh, and leave with this kind of a testimony. The music was good. Uh, but I left the same way I came. 
The people seemed very friendly there, but uh, I didn't find what I needed for a breakthrough. Uh, the, the preaching was real good, and I, I really enjoyed the sermon, but, uh, but, but when I left, I'm still dealing uh, with the same kind of bondage uh, that I had before. I'm preaching tonight uh, about how to have church uh, and not make uh, a difference. Uh, church, hear me tonight. Uh, we cannot be interested in just having church uh, to say we had church. Uh, we uh, must uh, make uh, a difference. I wish I had a church in the building tonight. Our purpose uh, must be the same as Jesus uh, to preach the gospel uh, to the poor, uh, to heal uh, the brokenhearted, uh, to preach deliverance uh, to the captives uh, and recovering of sight uh, to the blind, uh, to set at liberty uh, them that are bruised uh, and to preach the acceptable year uh, of the Lord's. In other words, uh, we uh, must make a difference. Come on, Rock Church. We know how to have church, but do we know how to be the church? And so, when he came to Jesus, Jesus was frustrated. He said, oh, faithless generation. He wasn't talking to the daddy. He was side-eyeing the disciples. How long shall I suffer you? You know what he did? He did it like this. He just looked over and said, devil, get out of him. And instantly, there was deliverance. Just one word, devil. He understood I ain't got to wrestle with the devil. Uh, I ain't got to struggle with the devil. The devil is already defeated. Uh, he has no power, uh, no authority uh, over a G. I wish I had a believer in the building. You see, that's why we don't sit at an altar for two hours uh, shaking people around and wrestling around. The devil doesn't have that kind of power uh, over an apostolic. Devil, get out of him. Instantly, I don't know what it looked like, but he was free. And the dad instantly knew, my son, he's free. He's delivered. And you can imagine what was happening over here. All of a sudden, the disciples are looking really bad right about now. And the Bible says this. Bible says after this happened, it says they called Jesus to the side privately. <laughs> they said, um, Jesus, we, we'd like to have a word with you. Sure, what can I do for you? Uh, would you mind if we talked in private over here? They were a little embarrassed about what had happened. And so they called Jesus and they said, um, Jesus, we, uh, we're a little embarrassed right now, but we just have to ask. He said, why? Thank you. He said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, the first reason that you had church and didn't make a difference was because of your unbelief. Unbelief. 
and the miraculous cannot cohabitate together. Can I preach to us for just a moment tonight uh, that the number one enemy uh, of a church service uh, is not the devil? Can I preach to you tonight uh, that the number one enemy of a church service uh, is not the enemy uh, and his imps, uh, but the greatest resistance uh, and enemy to a church service uh, is a spirit uh, of unbelief? I need some help up in this church tonight. Uh, Jesus said uh, the first way to have church uh, and not make a difference uh, is to come to church uh, with unbelief uh, in your life. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, church, uh, for where God is taking us uh, and what is happening, uh, we've got to make up in our minds uh, that when we walk in these doors uh, that there is not a spirit of unbelief uh, that tries to attach itself. Uh, I feel like declaring in this building tonight uh, that when you step through the thresholds uh, of this house uh, you are entering the miracle zone uh, you are entering the zone of the impossible uh, when you pull up on the parking lot uh, of this property uh, every spirit of unbelief uh, has to leave uh, when you roll up into this sanctuary uh, every spirit of doubt uh, has to be gone uh, I'm answering the question, how do you have church and not make a difference? How do you have church and not make a difference is to come to church with a spirit of unbelief in your spirit, in your heart. A spirit that gets a hold of you that says, oh, uh, ain't nothing special going to happen in the service tonight. Uh, a spirit that says, oh, I'm just going to casually come to church uh, and I'm just going to sit back and we're just going to, to kind of sit here and see uh, what happens a little bit. I came to preach to you tonight uh, that the devil is uh, a liar. Uh, my God, we've got to make it up in our minds uh, that we're creating an atmosphere uh, for the miraculous. Uh, we're creating an atmosphere uh, for the impossible. Uh, we're creating, come on somebody, uh, you've got to get a revelation. Uh, you might be tired from your job, uh, but what about that person coming in the back door uh, that desperately needs delivered? Uh, we can't afford uh, to come into this place tired. Uh, we can't afford uh, to come into this place uh, with our head hanging down uh, and doubt in our spirit. Uh, our city needs a church uh, that's got faith in your heart, uh, that walks into the building believing uh, that anything uh, is possible. If you're not careful, you'll listen to a spirit of unbelief that wants to disguise itself with some religious ideology all they ever do is just rah 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 don't they ever teach the word baby if your definition of teaching the word is to be dead and boring and sedated you've got the wrong definition of the word of God the word of God is quick it's alive and it's powerful my God, somebody better hear something today. Uh, 
You're not in some Catholic church uh, that's just reciting some Bible study uh, out of a book. You're not in some denominal uh, church that's going to just take it easy. You, you know what the problem is? Is the flesh uh, always resists the spirit. Uh, the, the, the carnal flesh always resists uh, worship and the supernatural uh, and the moving of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so it will always try to justify uh, and marginalize the supernatural. Uh, but I came to preach tonight. Uh, we're about to drive a spirit out of this place. Uh, I don't care if it's a Monday night, uh, a Tuesday night, uh, a Thursday night prayer meeting, uh, or Sunday morning. Uh, when we walk into this building, uh, there ought to be an expectation in this house uh, that anything is about to happen, uh, that anything is about to take place. Uh, my God, uh, when they walk in the building uh, bound by demons, uh, bound by addiction, uh, bound by struggles, uh, they've got to find a church uh, that's full of faith in your heart, uh, not sitting on a pew depressed, uh, not sitting on a pew full of unbelief, uh, not sitting in a pew struggling, and, uh, not sitting in a pew uh, spiritually anemic uh, they've got to find uh, a people uh, that are ready to make a difference They don't need to find a church full of people sitting in their pew playing on their phones while the preaching of the word is going forth distracted from the realities uh, of the presence of God in a building. Uh, they don't need to find people uh, who are so distracted uh, that they're in the presence of the Lord uh, and they are oblivious uh, to what God, I'll tell you what's happening. Uh, there's a struggle with the carnal uh, and the spiritual uh, but God's people gotta have a revelation. We're going to make a difference. We're not coming to church for a fashion show. We didn't come here just to listen to good music. I didn't come here just to hang out with my friends. I came here to watch God do the impossible. I came here to see somebody set free. I came here to watch somebody break loose. How are they going to get loose when the saints are in more bondage than they are sometimes? They're looking for a miracle and you're sitting in the pew like you just stepped out of the freezer. Like you got the flu. How to have church and not make a difference. And here's the deal. You've got to be vigilant because that spirit is always trying to encroach. It's always trying to grab a foothold. It's always trying to make a move. Always trying to enculturate. But the devil messed with the wrong church tonight, baby. I said the devil messed with the wrong church tonight. My God, when people walk into this building, they ought to feel something begin to shake. When they walk into the front and they meet the first impressions team, they ought to feel something shifting in the atmosphere. They ought to feel something saying, my God, I don't know what's going on in this place, but I sense a spirit of expectancy about to... We can't afford to come into this building distracted. 
We can't afford to come in here and sit in a pew doing whatever it is we're doing, twiddling our thumbs and cast that into daydreaming and all kind of thing. No, 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 no. God did not call you to be a spiritual welfareite that just comes in and tries to ride the, no, 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 baby. This is a house of deliverance. This is a house of freedom. This is a house of power. You could sit on your couch at home and, and, and mess with your phone. You ought to know better than to come into the house of God distracted. You can go take a nap somewhere else when you get home. When you walk up into this house, baby, it's all business. Eternity is at stake. People's deliverance is at Come on, somebody. People's deliverance is on the line. People's free. Come on. My God, I'm feeling my birthday oats tonight. How come we couldn't see him set free? You, know, you want to know the answer? He said, first thing I'm going to address, unbelief. You had unbelief in your life. You remember when Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. The Bible said that when he walked up to the house that they were wailing greatly. And Jesus makes this statement. He walks in. And he challenges the status quo of their, of their predisposition. He challenges the status quo uh, of their disposition in that house. Uh, here they are sitting there oh, oh, weeping. Uh, and he walks in and says, why weep uh, and make this ado? Uh, she is not dead, uh, but she sleepeth. And the Bible says uh, that they laughed him to scorn. Listen, I'm just going to give you some of you preachers a little encouragement. If they'll laugh at Jesus when he's trying to give them a word, don't be surprised when you're trying to preach and there's people in the pew scorning what you're trying to preach and say. If they'll do it to Jesus, you got to have enough fortitude as a preacher uh, to say, I'm not in a popularity contest. Uh, I'm not trying to, come on, somebody. Uh, I came with a mission from God. Uh, I came with a word from heaven. Uh, I came with a word from... The You know what happened when they laughed at him? The Bible says he kicked them out of the house. Oh, see, some of y'all wouldn't survive under Jesus' ministry. Some of y'all would have been offended and switched churches. I pastor Jesus. He's too mean. Get behind that pulpit, Brother Stewart. Jesus is too mean. He told us to quit laughing or get out. Yes, he did. I ain't done it before, but I felt tempted to before. I felt tempted to tell people, why don't you just get out of here? Why did he tell him that? Because he knew that miracles and unbelief cannot cohabitate in this place. And for what God is wanting to do, I can't have that kind of a nasty attitude sitting up in this house. So the Bible said he put them out of the house. Sometimes you got to kick unbelief out of your house. It's not going to go willingly. You got to kick unbelief out of your house. You got to kick it out of your mind. You got to kick it out of your spirit. Oh, I wish somebody in the building would get a hold of what I'm saying right now. 
Oh, you just don't have compassion. Our compassion and tenderheartedness for the broken must be matched by our faith that God can and will deliver them. If not, we just simply become a support group of mourners. Jesus is trying to explain to them, uh, if you'll get the unbelief out of the environment, uh, if you'll learn, if you'll build a culture uh, that gets unbelief out of the environment, uh, he said, if ye have faith uh, as a grain of mustard seed, uh, ye shall say uh, unto this mountain. Uh, he wasn't talking about mountains. He was talking about demons. Uh, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, uh, you would have looked at this devil uh, and said, get out of here, uh, and it shall be removed uh, from you. Come on, I need somebody in the building uh, that understands. Uh, Jesus said, nothing uh, shall be uh, impossible uh, unto you. Uh, I'm telling you for the next dimension of dominion uh, that God is taking this house. Uh, we can't come in here uh, playing games uh, and messing around uh, because on a daily level uh, there are going to be people in this building uh, that God is bringing here for deliverance. Uh, that God is bringing here to be set free. Uh, and there has to be a church uh, that is ready uh, to make a difference come on he told them nothing shall be impossible unto you that's the way we've got to walk into every church service in 2022 that's the way we got to walk into every prayer meeting in 2022 this church is unstoppable our God is unstoppable I wish I had a hundred radical people in the building. Uh, that's how God wants us to walk into this place. Uh, we're unstoppable. Uh, we're more than conquerors. Uh, we're here uh, to make a difference. Dead churches are a dime a dozen. You can drive down the street, go across the town and the and across our county and find dead churches a dime a dozen. God didn't call us to be average. God didn't call us to sit back and take it easy. God called us to make a difference. Woo! Faith is the catalyst to expectancy. There's something that happens when a church has a culture of expectancy. There's something special that happens uh, when a church cultivates uh, a spirit of expectancy. Uh, and every time we come together, uh, we can feel it in the atmosphere. Uh, we can feel something shifting uh, in this place. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Expectancy uh, is the barometer uh, of the miraculous. Uh, there, there, there is a, a tangible uh, 
shift in the atmospheric uh, pressure of the building uh, when there is expectancy in the house. Uh, it's what causes us to walk in uh, and say, my God, I just feel something uh, about to happen in this place. I, I can just sense something uh, is about to happen in this place. Uh, and when we create that kind of an environment, nothing uh, shall be uh, impossible unto us. Expectation. Shall I keep preaching tonight? Yeah. Expectation. I'm expecting something from God. I can't, I can't afford to be distracted. I'm expecting something. From, I can't miss what God's about to do in this place. I can't fool around and miss a word that God has for me. I can't fool around and miss the move that God has for me in this place. I can't miss. I've got to have expectation. My God, there's somebody in the building right now that came in here expecting something from God. You're about to leave with your answer tonight. You're about to leave with your miracle tonight. You're about to leave with your breakthrough in this place tonight. You're about to leave with what God said belonged to you tonight. Tonight, uh, the second thing that he says is, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. In other words, not only do you have a faith issue, but on top of that, this deliverance only comes through prayer and fasting. Let me break this down for you tonight. Jesus said that he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Then they witnessed him uh, perform at least uh, 26 recorded miracles, uh, not including his own birth, uh, four of them uh, being demonic exorcisms. And when they saw him under the anointing, what he was doing looked easy. And so they tried to mimic what they saw him do. They tried to use his technique. But what they failed to realize is that before Jesus made that statement in Luke chapter 4, he had just been in 40 days of prayer and fasting in the wilderness. And when it was over, the Bible says that he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Can I preach to you tonight that the power was not in his form and in his technique, but rather it was in his preparation. The reason the anointing was upon him is because he had prepared himself with prayer and with fasting. And so the second and third way to have church and not make a difference is to think that we can come to church with no prayer and no fasting in our life and somehow make a difference. Hey, 
when you try to affect uh, the working of the spirit uh, in the arm of the flesh, uh, those spirits will look at you uh, like they did the sons of Sceva uh, in Acts 19. <laughs> Jesus I know uh, and Paul I know uh, but who uh, are you? Uh, can I preach to us Rock Church uh, that we are in new uh, territory uh, and our preparation uh, is more important uh, than our technique. Come on, I need some help up in the building tonight. Uh, we're going to practice. We're going to strategize. We're going to figure out how to do it right. But baby, we had better never forget the power of preparation. We had better never forget that with every plan, there had better be prayer. That with every strategy, there had better be fasting. That with every new ministry and program, there ought to be somebody behind it that's spending time in the presence of God. You can't outsmart a devil. Uh, you can't outthink the demons. Uh, but baby, there's no devil in hell uh, that can stand against a church uh, that has been in the presence uh, of Almighty What those disciples could not accomplish in all of their efforts, Jesus declared one word and the demon had to run, not because of his technique, but because of his consecration and because of his power. It is not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. How do you have church and not make a difference? You let there become an absence of prayer and fasting. And you'll create a culture of entertainment instead of a culture of deliverance. Come on, church. I love it as much as anybody. I love the good music. Uh, I think we ought to practice to be the best. Uh, I love all the great stuff that we do, uh, but we can never lose sight of the fact uh, that our power doesn't come uh, from our, our intelligence. Uh, it doesn't come from our talent. Uh, our power comes uh, from the almighty God. Uh, our power comes uh, from the most high. Uh, and if we're going to make a difference, uh, we've got to spend time in prayer and in fasting. Tell your neighbor how to have church and not make a difference. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying tonight. I'll tell you another way to have church and not make a difference. Matthew chapter 21 Jesus comes into the temple only to find the church selling sacrifices. No longer did you need to bring your own sacrifice. Somebody else will prepare it for you. No longer do you have to spend the time and energy feeding and raising those animals. No longer did you have to take the time of preparation and then the hassle of grabbing that animal and traveling with it all the way to the house of the Lord to bring a sacrifice. No more was that necessary. 
we'll go ahead and take care of all of that for you. And when you come to church, somebody else will do all of the preparation. And all you have to do is bring a little bit of money. And as long as you got a little bit of money, you can buy a sacrifice that somebody else prepared. And so Jesus walks in to a church and he sees them selling sacrifices. And we always think he got mad because they were selling stuff. That's not why he got mad. He got mad because of the reason they were selling stuff and what they were selling. They were trying to replace the order of sacrifice. And they were trying to make it convenient to where the individual no longer had to have any vested interest. And nobody was being healed anymore. And nobody was being changed anymore because they had issues. Nobody was bringing their own sacrifice. And so he turns over all of the tables of the money changers and says, What in the world are you doing selling sacrifices? You shouldn't have to sell a sacrifice. Everybody in this building ought to be bringing their own sacrifice into the house of the Lord. Can I preach to you for a moment the fourth way to have church and not make a difference is to come to church and not bring a sacrifice with you and to come into the building and try to ride on the coattails of somebody else that's prepared themselves for the presence of God. Baby, this church is not about spectating. We're not here to put on a show. We're not here to perform for the public. We're here to see a demonstration and a power revealed in the presence of God. Hey, you've got to learn how to come into this place with your own sacrifice in the building. I'll just show up to church and sit in the pew and somebody else can sing until the power falls. I'll just show up right when church starts and hopefully somebody else came to pre-service prayer and prepared the atmosphere. Oh, it's quiet up in this place tonight. I'll just show up at the last night. Hopefully somebody else spent time praying this week because uh, I, I, you know, I need something from God. I hope somebody else uh, brought a sacrifice. I, I'll just come in here and sit down and relax. Uh, I've had a hard day at work. Uh, I'll let somebody else run the aisles. And I'll let somebody else give God a, a praise in the dance. I, I'll let somebody else. Baby, uh, that's exactly the kind of mentality uh, that caused Jesus to turn over uh, the money tables in the house of the Lord. Uh, God said, I don't need you coming in here uh, trying to buy somebody else's sacrifice. Uh, you've got to enter into his gates uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, you've got to come uh, into his courts uh, with praise. Uh, come on, somebody. I'll just come and ride the coattails of somebody else. For where God is taking us and the dimension we're operating in, every person in this building has to get a revelation of personal sacrifice. Come on. Point to yourself. Say, I'm responsible. Come on. I'm responsible to pray. 
I'm responsible to get a hold of God. I'm responsible to set the atmosphere in this house for deliverance. Come on, somebody. Don't let it be a testimony that there are people trying to get their breakthrough while you sit on a pew unmoved by the presence of God. Don't let it be your testimony. My God, you've got to come into this place with faith in your heart and a sacrifice in your hand. My God, that's why we worship him like we do. That's why we praise him like we do. Listen, we're not jumping up and down because we enjoy the entertainment of the service. This isn't Super Bowl 2022. We're jumping up and down because we brought a sacrifice of praise to our king. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, we didn't get dancing from the world. The world got dancing from us. I just need a hundred believers in the building. Uh, dancing is worship to God. Uh, the world took it and distorted us, baby. Uh, we're the original dancers. Uh, I wish I had a church in the building tonight. Uh, we're the original dancers. We're the original ones. And, and, and I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, if you're looking for a church that you could just sit back on the pew and be comfortable... And just come in and sneak in the back and sit down and let everybody else. You're going to be awfully uncomfortable every time you come to this church. Hello, somebody. You're going to be awfully uncomfortable every time you come to this church. It's going to rub you the wrong way. Because I've got a commandment in the word of the Lord that says the voice of joy. Somebody shout voice. And the voice, Jeremiah 33, 11, if you're wondering, you can put it up there. Huh? And the voice, somebody shout the voice of gladness. He described the kind of voice. The voice of joy. This isn't what joy sounds like. Uh-huh. That's not what joy looks like either. Mm-hmm. And the voice of gladness. Do you look glad right now? Are you mad, bro? You mad, bro? What you mad for? God's been too good to you to have a frown on your face. God's done too much for you huh, to have a frown on. What you mad for? The voice of joy huh, and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say. God said there's going to be a voice. That's why I preach against dead church. I preach against quiet, dead church. Uh, silence church with your mouth shut. Uh, that ain't nothing but the devil in your flesh. Uh, 
if you're going to have church the way God said to have church, uh, there's a voice uh, that's in the building. Uh, the voice of the bride uh, and the voice of the bridegroom. Uh, the voice of joy uh, and the voice of gladness. Uh, the voice of them that shall say, uh, praise uh, the Lord of hosts. Uh, for the Lord is good and for his mercy endureth forever. What else does it say? And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. God expects you to bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You gotta stop coming here empty handed. You gotta stop coming here with nothing in your hand to give God. And just a handout, preach something to me, preacher. Uh, give me something, speak to me. Uh, hey, uh, you gotta come in here uh, with a sacrifice uh, of praise. I didn't come in here empty-handed. Uh, I've got a hallelujah for God. Uh, I've got a thank you, Jesus, for God. Uh, I've got a glory to God in my spirit. Uh, Somebody ought to take about 30 seconds and give him a sacrifice of praise in this place tonight. How do you have church and not make a difference? Get in the habit of coming to church empty-handed. Get in the habit of coming to church and sitting there uh, like a backslid apostolic. Uh, get in the habit of coming to church and sitting there uh, like a dead Catholic or a Baptist. That's how you have church uh, and not make a difference. Uh, but if you're going to make a difference, baby, uh, you got to come into this place uh, with a sacrifice of praise. Uh, something begins to happen uh, when God's people sacrifice. Uh, something begins to happen. I'll tell you what happens. Uh, the fire begins to fall. I'll tell you what happens. The presence of God begins to descend in the building. I'll tell you what happens. God begins to shake the atmosphere. That's it. Go ahead. I dare you to turn loose. Don't you dare withhold it from God. Don't you dare sit there and withhold it from He's been too good to you. He's been too good to you. I got to praise him. If you only knew where he brought me from. If you only knew what he's done for me. If you only knew the blessing of God. I've got to run. I've got to dance. I've got to shout. When I think of the goodness of Jesus uh, and all he's done for me, uh, my soul uh, cries hallelujah. Somebody give him a prayer. I dare you to dance tonight. Uh, I dare you to run tonight. Come on, church. Uh, We've got to make a difference. We've got to make 
a difference. apostolic churches want to have dead church on Tuesday night you hear me I'm not looking to them for my pattern I'm looking to the Word of God for a pattern and I'm hungry for breakthrough I'm hungry to make a difference I'm hungry to watch God do what I've never seen him do before We're not an average church. I come against the spirit of average. I said we're not an average church. We're not a take it easy church. We're not a maintain the status quo church. Bless God, we're anointed. We're appointed. We're called by God to tear down strongholds. We're called by God to preach deliverance to the captive. We're called by God. And the sacrifice of praise is not left to private interpretation. I'll praise him my way and you praise him yours. Hey, honey, praising him has nothing to do with your way or my way. If it's going to be praise, it's got to be God's way. Come on, didn't you ever learn your lesson uh, from Cain and Abel? You can't offer up to God whatever you want. If you're going to have an acceptable sacrifice, you got to do it the way God said to. I just need some radical believers in the building. So I can't make up my own little way uh, that I want to say I'm giving God the no, 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 no. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, uh, by him, therefore, uh, let us offer the sacrifice uh, of praise to God uh, continually. Uh, that is uh, the fruit uh, of our lips, uh, giving thanks uh, unto his name. The sacrifice of praise involves your voice. It involves you opening your mouth and shouting unto I'm preaching about how to have church and not make a difference. By now you understand we're going to have church and we're going to make a difference. Psalms 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Not enter into his gates with complaining. Not enter into his gates with an attitude. 
Not enter into his gates uh, full of self. Uh, no, 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 no. Enter uh, into his gates uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, if you'll get full of thanksgiving, uh, you'll drive everything else out of your spirit. Uh, you'll, you'll drive ungratefulness out of your spirit. Uh, you'll drive murmuring and complaining uh, out of your spirit. Uh, enter into his gates uh, with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with tranquility, with calmness. Enter into his courts with praise. Tell your neighbor with praise. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. There's people watching how you give God the praise. And they don't want to serve a God that's less than theirs. And when they give their God more praise than you give yours, they don't want nothing to do with your God. If their God was really something, uh, you think they'd be a little more excited about him than that. Uh, if their God was really worth having, uh, listen, the Bible says you are a living uh, epistle uh, known and read uh, of all men. Uh, people ought to know how good your God is uh, before you ever read a scripture to them. Uh, they ought to be able to look at your praise uh, and say, my God, uh, I don't know who their God is, uh, but if he's worthy of that kind of praise, uh, that's the God that I want. Come on, somebody. I am praising him. I am praising him. I'm sorry, that's not biblical. I got five amens. I said it's not biblical. I'm sorry, Abel, that's not how God asked you to give him praise. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants Preacher, then how am I supposed to praise? I'm glad you asked. Just go to Psalm 150. It'll tell you. Praise ye the Lord. See, the problem is we use that term so casually that we don't even take it literally anymore. You walk up to a brother, hey, man, how you doing? Praise the Lord. What happened? I thought you just said praise the Lord. What it really should look like is, hey, man, what's going on? Praise the Lord. Where's your praise? Praise the Lord. That's a start. Praise ye. Praise God in his sanctuary. I'm, I'm going to hit this real quick. I, I praise God at home. He told you to praise him in the sanctuary. I, pr 
praise. I don't need to go to church. I just praise God at home. I'm sorry, that's not the Bible. He said to praise him in the sanctuary. Turn and tell your neighbor you're in the right place tonight to give God a praise. You're in the right place tonight. That means that means that his sanctuary ought to be characterized by praise. There ought to be a whole lot of praising going on anytime you're in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. I don't have time to 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 dissect all of this tonight. I don't have time to to exegete the text tonight. Praise him for his mighty acts. If he's been a mighty God, you ought to have a mighty praise for him tonight. You ought to have a mighty praise for him tonight. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I love that statement. According to denotes the idea that there is a relationship between your praise and how great that he's been to you. Praise him according to. In other words, however good he's been to you, that's what your praise ought to reflect. If God hasn't been good to you, uh, then you can just stay there with your arms crossed, uh, your legs crossed, uh, and your eyes crossed. Uh, but if God's been good to you, uh, your praise uh, ought to be according uh, to his excellent greatness. Uh, your praise ought to be a reflection uh, of how good uh, God has been to my God. If I had 10,000 tongues, uh, I couldn't praise him enough. Uh, Somebody ought to take about 30 seconds uh, and praise him uh, according uh, to his excellent greatness tonight. Come on, if he's been good to you, uh, give him a praise. I'm, I'm giving you the Bible definition of praise. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Now, I like to use this in defense because we don't have any trumpet players here yet. But thank God he didn't say praise him with the trumpet. He said praise him with the sound. But Eric, Give me a good trumpet sound and I want you to praise him with it. Ready? Turn it up and I want you to solo and praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, three, go! You wonder why we have that in church? Because the Bible said to praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Yes, somebody uh, to just give God a praise with the trumpet tonight. 
raise him with the psaltery and the harp. I don't have a psaltery and harp here tonight. But if we did, we'd be praising him with it tonight. Praise him with the timbrel. Y'all hear the timbrel? Turn that loop up. Hear that timbrel? Praise him with the timbrel and with the dance. Dancing is a part of praise. If you want to have church and make a difference, there ought to be some dancing going on in your church service. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, dance! Get your pride and put it on the altar tonight. Baby, you ought to give God a praise in the dance tonight. You ought to give God a praise that says how good he is. One, two, one, two, three, dance. Hey! I'm so glad to have Brother Stewart up here with the guitar tonight. Brother Stewart, take about two or three measures and praise him on the string instrument. You ready? One, two, one, two, three, go! going on in the house of the Lord. Praise him on the organs. We only got one, but baby, we're going to praise him. Are you ready, Brother Leon? One, two, one, two, three, go! Go! Yeah! Praise him on the organ. symbols and upon the high sounding symbols are you ready brother Isaac on the symbols one two one two three go hey! somebody ought to praise him with the high sounding symbols praise him with the loud sounding symbols 
I love it. Because just in case there's anybody in the building who thinks you have an excuse not to give him praise, he left us one more verse. And he said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I need somebody to take a big breath. When you exhale, it ought to be a praise to your God tonight. Come on, before we leave this building, we ought to take about three minutes and give God a great praise. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, give him everything you got tonight. Give him everything you got. Give him everything you got tonight. give him praise we're a church that's making a difference we're a church that's making a difference come on when the praises go up the glory comes down when the praises go up the glory comes down
make a difference. We're gonna make a difference. This is a house of deliverance. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of liberty. This is a house. We're about to drive every remnant of unbelief out of this building tonight. We're about to unleash the miraculous of God in this place. Are you ready tonight? I'll need you to help me shout every spirit of unbelief out of here. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, go. Uh, uh, uh. 